The welcome sound we've long been waiting for. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll be celebrating three birthdays, those of George Christie, Reed Miller, and Margaret Young. We'll have a very timely vocabulary lesson, and if we have time at the end of the show, we'll throw some things. As it happens, this week's show contains a higher number of acoustic recordings than usual, and we've even got a cylinder record in the first set. Acoustic records can be harder to listen to and tire the ears, but I've done my best to select records that are in the best shape possible going in, and if necessary to restore them as much as possible without destroying the music, to make them as easy and pleasant to listen to as possible. Sometimes that means not playing a record I'd really like to play because it's just not broadcast quality. If you're listening to the show over the air on KISL, you can't pause the show to take a break, but the streaming podcast can be paused and even downloaded for listening at your convenience. In any case, I hope you enjoy the show. Back in October, Lewis Westland had his own segment, and I played Billy Murray's recording of Baby Rose. Westland wrote the words and George Christie the tune and I mentioned that he would be getting his own segment. If I have the right one, yesterday, February 27th, marked the birth in 1873, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, of George Stuart Christie, one of eight children born to David Christie and Martha Sherard. For someone with as many acting and composing credits, there is precious little information out there about his life, at least that I could find. He had Broadway performer credits in 23 different shows between 1899 and 1938, and composer credit for at least 23 different tunes recorded between 1908 and 1914. He died on May 20, 1949 in Toms River, New Jersey, and is buried in Kensico Cemetery in Valhalla, New York. His most famous composition is Baby Rose, and for as many recordings as were made of his songs... I had a lot of trouble finding enough in good enough shape to air, but here are three others from the pen of George Christie. Now when was the last time you went out on a good old-time hayride? For me, it was about ten years ago at the White Stallion Ranch in Tucson, Arizona, 
But right now we're going to go on a musical straw ride with Al Bernard and the Gully Jumpers. Here comes the folks to the straw ride. I'm 
near you, just to be near you, I have been lonely too. Come now, the sun is shining, storm clouds have all passed by. There is a land close at hand that is grand where you'll never find a tear or sigh. rapidly rotating 78 RPM flat disc record, but Edison's standard cylinder record number 10519, released August 25, 1911. Also issued on an Edison Amberall cylinder, that was Down in Sunshine Valley, composed by George Christie, with the Dave Reed lyrics sung by Manuel Romain. The Spanish pronunciation of his name would be Manuel but I'm going with Manuel because that's how Edward Meeker pronounces it, as he announces another Edison cylinder recording by Romain. Manuel Romain was billed as America's greatest tenor, and he'll be getting his own birthday segment in October, so you'll have some additional evidence then with which to make your own judgment as to the veracity of that claim. Before Manuel Romain, the Orpheus Quartet... Tenors Harry McDonough and John Young, baritone Reinhold Werenrath, and bass William F. Hooley, singing J.F. Bradley and C.F. Quigley's lyric to George Christie's tune, If all my dreams were made of gold, I'd buy the world for you. That was from a flat disc 78, Victor 17057, recorded February 2, 1912. We started our tribute to George Christie with Al Bernard, accompanied by the Gully Jumpers, who were having a good old time on a good old time straw ride. Dave Reed wrote the words to that one, recorded by Brunswick on November 15, 1927, and you heard strains of Turkey in the Straw and Arkansas Traveler in there as well. This Gully Jumpers was a five-piece group conducted by James O'Keefe, and not the Gully Jumpers string band led by Paul Wormack, who were regular performers at the Grand Ole Opry from 1927 into the 1960s. And you can look forward to a compare and contrast segment with both groups. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes 
from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Normally, we celebrate composer and artist's birthdays after the fact, but in this particular case, tomorrow marks the birth in 1880 in South Carolina of tenor James Reed Miller. Tomorrow is March 1st, but that doesn't mean Miller was born on March 1st. In fact, he was born on February 29th to George Washington Miller and Emma Thompson Reed and had two older brothers and two older sisters. He studied violin, piano, and cornet, and at 16 enrolled at Clemson University, where he played in the school band. After graduating, he began his career singing in a Birmingham, Alabama church. In 1902, he moved to New York, where he gained a reputation and was in high demand as a church soloist and concert artist, appearing with symphony orchestras and musical societies across the country. He had a repertoire of 100 oratorios, cantatas, and operas, and made over 200 recordings as a soloist, duettist, and member of the Croxton Quartet and Columbia Stellar Quartet. Remarkably, Miller was a longtime heavy smoker, which led to his death from a stroke on December 29, 1923, at just 43 years of age, or 10 years of age in leap years. Here are three from Reed Miller. Bye. 
first two records in that set were vocal duets, but that one there was Reed Miller all by himself with Molly O. Just the letter O with an exclamation point. Molly O was written by William J. Scanlon and is not to be confused with my Irish Molly O, also with just the letter O, by William Jerome and Jean Schwartz. This recording was made by Victor on May 4, 1915, with Walter B. Rogers conducting the orchestra, issued on catalog number 17958. Miller recorded it again a couple of years later for Victor with Rosario Bordon conducting the orchestra. Before Molly O. was the vocal duet of tenor Reed Miller and baritone Frederick J. Wheeler with Come Back to Arizona. Come Back to Arizona was composed by Herman Paley with the words by Alfred Bryan. That record was made in the Columbia Studios in New York on June 13, 1916, but about three weeks earlier, Miller and Wheeler recorded Come Back to Arizona for Victor, but were credited on the label of catalog number 18066 as James Reed and James F. Harrison, both pseudonyms. But they didn't use those pseudonyms just when they were recording for Columbia. We started our tribute to Reed Miller with the World War I anthem, There's a Long, Long Trail, credited on Victor 17882 to James Reed and James F. Harrison. That recording was made September 29, 1915. There's a Long, Long Trail was written by Stoddard King and Zoe Elliott in 1913, while both were students at Yale. I played that record back on the July 1st, 2018 show and gave a lot more information about it, 
And, of course, that show is available for streaming online and or download in the Rapidly Rotating Records archives at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. Listener Rich in Illinois reminded me just in the nick of time to be included in this show that last week, February 23rd, marked the birth in 1891 in Detroit, Michigan, of Margaret Youngblood, one of four daughters of Bernard Youngblood and Minnie Walters. Now, gentlemen, I have a surprise for you. We have as our special guest this evening none other than Miss Margaret Young. (laughs) Margaret sang as a child, and beginning in 1920, using the stage name Margaret Young, was heard on radio and records. Over the next five years, she made 58 sides for Victor and Brunswick, specializing in character and novelty songs, and even mildly risque numbers, often in a high-pitched little girl voice. Margaret Young was also a star of vaudeville and shared the vaudeville stage on numerous occasions with Babe Ruth. The baseball legend's publicity agent, Christy Walsh, in the early 1920s, in addition to having the Bambino appear at charity events, baseball autograph signings, and other events in the off-season, arranged with B.F. Keith to develop a full-scale vaudeville act in which he put on a monologue, acted, and sang. Margaret's sister Eleanor, younger by four years, married songwriter Richard Whiting, making Margaret Aunt Maggie to Whiting's daughter, jazz vocalist Margaret Whiting. Margaret Young retired in 1925, but made a few sides in 1949 for Capitol Records, and in 1956 appeared on an episode of the CBS Radio Workshop program, The Record Collectors, with her niece, Margaret Whiting, who once described her as a fabulous good-time broad. Some of Young's recordings were songs co-written by her brother-in-law, including Somebody's Wrong and Ukulele Lady, but here are three written by others. Then we'll put them in the fire. Fighting the 
back home again, never thinking of each lonely mile. If you did, you'll understand why I'm bound for Dinky Land. So before another day, I'll be on my merry way and say tomorrow, tomorrow, how happy I will be. Tomorrow, tomorrow, back on my mammy's knee. Lordy, me, what a great delight when I get a familiar sight of the fuzzy old cat sneaking from the stable, licking up milk on the kitchen table. I know tomorrow a pair of loving arms will hold me and fold me as of yore. Somehow I just can't wait for a choo-choo train. I'll hop right in an aeroplane and be in my Dixie home again tomorrow. Born where the waving corn greets you with the dawn on every Your hand makes you feel so grand, you fill with pride. It's the Southland that I mean, where the skies are all serene. In a jiffy, I'll be gone. Care or sorrow, I'll have none. started our tribute to Margaret Young with Oh by Jingo, composed by Albert von Tilser with the words by Lou Brown. Rosario Bordone led the studio orchestra on Victor 18666, recorded March 26, 1920. Next was another von Tilser and Brown song, with some help this time from Ray Henderson, I'm Scared to Death to Hold My Breath Under the Water. Brunswick 2687 was recorded August 4, 1924. And we finished up with Tomorrow, written by J. Russell Robinson and Roy Turk. That was recorded around November of 1922 and issued on Brunswick 2359. I'm Glenn Robinson and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon and KISLAvalon.com. This and all of our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories.
Right now, I'd like to ask you to pay attention to this public service announcement. It's time now for another Rapidly Rotating Records public service segment and educational feature as we present another vocabulary lesson. This week's word is fealty, F-E-A-L-T-Y. Fealty first appeared in Middle English around 1300 and at that time specifically meant the fidelity of a vassal or feudal tenant to his lord. Francis Bacon, Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England, wrote fealty is to take an oath upon a book that he will be a faithful tenant to the king. The meaning of fealty has broadened, and today fealty can be paid to a country, a principal, or a leader of any kind, and synonyms include allegiance, loyalty, faithfulness, and devotion. Unfortunately, the word fealty has probably been used in books, essays, and articles more in the last four years than in the previous 400 years. And so for this segment, we're going to play some rapidly rotating records having to do with fealty. Here's Dan Russo's Oriole Orchestra. Thank you. 
I grew up in the mountains, out where the snakes have legs, where the hoot owls speak in English, and the roosters lay square eggs. I shaved my beard and mustache the morning I was born, and that night beat up my old man and drank his rye and corn. Oh, I'm a truthful fellow, they call me True Blue Bill. I never told a falsehood, you bet I never will. I've had some great adventures, I've sailed the seven seas. I've tamed man-eating monsters, from lions on down to fleas. I swum the wide Pacific, and I've walked around the moon. I waited 40 feet of snow the 31st of June. Oh, I'm a truthful fellow, they call me True Blue Bill. I never told a falsehood, you bet I never will. The old lady, old lady, hey, lady. I used to be a flyer, and in my aeroplane, I flew across to Paris and started home again. When I got halfway over, the doggone motor balked. So I let the blame thing set up there, and I got out and walked. Oh, I'm a truthful fellow, they call me True Blue Bill. I never told a falsehood, you bet I never will. One time when I was shipwrecked on islands in the sea, by cannibals I was captured and tied up to a tree. They danced and beat their tom-toms, they got rather rough, but they said I wouldn't make good steak, I was too doggone tough. The father of our country could never tell a lie, and he was my great uncle. I ask you, why should I? The old lady, lady, old lady. Orvan Grover Autry, better known as Gene Autry, the singing cowboy, singing and accompanying himself on guitar on True Blue Bill also known as I'm a Truthful Fellow. Gene Autry wrote that along with Frankie Marvin and Gene Rainey and recorded it February 17, 1931. Frankie Marvin also recorded it himself a few weeks before Gene. And always remember, the first of the ten rules in Gene Autry's Cowboy Code is the cowboy must never shoot first, hit a smaller man, or take unfair advantage. We started off with Dan A. Russo's Oriole Orchestra and the Illinois Loyalty Song, associated with the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Brunswick 4563 was recorded September 13, 1929. The Illinois Loyalty Song, also known as Illinois Loyalty, We're Loyal to You, Illinois, or just plain old loyalty, was written by Thatcher Howland Guild. He joined the U of I faculty in 1904 as an instructor of rhetoric. He 
He brought with him an unfinished college song, and over the next two years, he worked on it along with band director Albert Austin Harding. It premiered at the school's marching band's anniversary concert on March 3, 1906, and was published the following year. Dan Russo was born in Chicago, Illinois, about 140 miles from the University of Illinois. I couldn't find any connection he had to the school other than that, so I don't know if it was his idea or the record companies for him to record the Illinois Loyalty song. I don't find that he even went to college, and he was more closely associated throughout his life with Saginaw, Michigan. We're not nearly through with synonyms for fealty. Here's John McCormick.
faithful Forever and ever dear I'll be faithful Faithful to you No matter what may come I'll always stand beside you When days are dark I'll take your hand and guide you I'll be faithful You'll always be in my heart Always love you Just as I do There'll be no other lips No other arms but yours I shall be faithful Faithful to you From Royal Blue Columbia 78, catalog number 2827-D, Bernie Cummins and his New Yorkers with brother Walter Cummins taking the vocal honors on I'll Be Faithful, recorded October 3, 1933. I'll Be Faithful was composed by Ali Rubel with the words by Ned Washington. Before that, from Red Label Victrola 1147, made April 24, 1925, Irish tenor John McCormick with Devotion. Not the devotion written by Italian opera composer Pietro Mascani, or the devotion written by Victor Herbert. No, no, no. This devotion was composed by Hayden Wood, and the label and discographies credit the words to Wenda. Just Wenda. It took a bit of sleuthing, but I discovered that Wenda is a pseudonym for Emily, E-M-I-L-I-E, Arthur, sometimes listed as Wenda Arthur. She apparently also wrote the words to another 1924 song, Desiree, but beyond that, I could find no information about her whatsoever. Hayden Wood, on the other hand, was born March 25, 1883, and is best known for the World War I hit, Roses of Picardy. You'll be hearing more from him exactly one month from today, when we'll be playing some of his less well-known compositions. So far in this segment, we've had songs about loyalty, faithfulness, devotion, and being true blue, all synonyms of fealty. As I was working on the playlist for this segment, I came across one of the lesser-known of John Philip Sousa's 136 marches, The Loyal Legion, written in 1890. It would have been perfect for this segment on fealty, but unfortunately, Sousa didn't record The Loyal Legion. 
But in 1920, he wrote another march titled Comrades of the Legion, which pretty well fits the segment and was recorded at the time. And in some ways, it fits even better than the Loyal Legion. There is so much I'd like to say on this topic of fealty, but I'll just play Comrades of the Legion without comment. Here's Sousa's band. John Philip Sousa's March, Comrades of the Legion, written in 1920 and performed by Sousa's band, in fact the entire Victor band, plus an additional 16 players, all directed by Joseph Pasternak on June 10, 1920. That was issued on Victor 18663. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, 
I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.